Hey there, I am Dr. Jerry Crete, and you're with Be With The Word. This is episode 77, and we are in the 12th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Hey, and I am in a slightly different place. I am actually find myself in a dormitory in Steubenville, Ohio. I'm at Franciscan University. I think I'm in Junipero Serra Hall. And I'm down in the dungeon in this dorm. Uh, actually, it's very fine. It's uh, got a lot of room, but it's pretty Spartan. But uh, so my, uh, I don't know, I've got the light on me here. My uh, visual effects are not that great. I, I think I fixed one of my audio issues. So hopefully the sound is better. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm working with a group of um, uh, a couple of professors here, and we're working on a program. Uh, they're doing a pilot right now that integrates Catholic faith and uh, psychology, but bringing in other elements of uh, philosophy, anthropology, um, theology, and so on. Uh, so we're working this really interesting program, and I've gotten to meet uh, a number of uh, really great uh, Catholic mental health professionals who are looking to integrate their faith. Uh, into their practice. I've also had the chance to meet a few different philosophy professors in the last couple days, uh, Dr. Patrick Lee and Dr. Robert McNamara here, as well as Dr. Brandon Dom, who is working on this project, and psychology professor um, Dr. Um, Matthew. I've really enjoyed getting to know everyone here, so I'm having a little adventure, but have a little break, and uh, I decided I really did want to get this week's Be With The Word out to you. So if my thoughts veer into philosophical topics, it's because I've just spent the whole day listening to philosophy professors. Uh, and it's very interesting, very stimulating and awesome. Uh, and I think I'm going to bring in a few items uh, as I go. But before I get into that, I obviously want to do what I do for this uh, particular program is that we look at the Sunday readings. And all these readings, like there's a reading from Job, and there's a reading um, in the Psalms, obviously, and, uh, and then again in the Gospel of Mark, have to do with the sea and storms, and how ultimately God, uh, and Jesus obviously in the Gospels, is um, in charge of the sea. And Jesus brings it home in Mark by um, uh, being asleep on the boat, storms going on, the apostles are freaking out, they wake Jesus up to help, and then Jesus calms the sea. But he says to them, why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? So I'd like to look at that a little bit because um, I think the sea here is a metaphor, right? Whether we're looking at um, the Psalms, where it's talking about the, you know, the storms and the sea and everything, uh, as well as in Job, it talks about God um, who shut within doors the sea when it burst forth from the womb. Uh, I make the clouds its garment. Uh, I set limits for it. I and fasten the, the bar of its door. Um, so, you know, God's in control of nature is basically the message in Job. And I know in the story of Job, he is doubting himself, doubting God, or doubting the truth of the philosophers or theologians, what have you, of his time. And he's doubting and doesn't know what to make of his own suffering. 
And in the end, God says, I'm God and you're not. I'm in charge of the world and you're not. And Job basically um, gets down on his knees and praises God, right? So um, that's interesting. And then, of course, in the Psalms, they who sailed the sea in ships trading on the deep waters, these saw the works of the Lord and his wonders in the abyss. And isn't that true? Like, don't we experience um, the wonder of God in nature? I know I have on the ocean or mountaintops or other nature experiences. I have been moved by um, a sense of wonderment at the divine, at the transcendent. Uh, in that same psalm, it goes on to say, they cried to the Lord in their distress. From their straits, he rescued them. Then this really great line, he hushed the storm to a gentle breeze and the billows of the sea were stilled. It goes on to say, they rejoiced that they were calmed and he brought them to their desired haven let them give thanks to the Lord for his kindness and his wondrous deeds to the children of men. So we see here the God calming the sea with when we come in faith, when we turn to him in our distress, he calms the sea. If we think about the sea as the disturbance within, so from a psychological perspective, right away, I think about anxiety. I am worried about my kids, or I'm worried about finances, or I'm worried about some issue, something going on, right? And so um, we turn to God in our distress and he helps to calm those. Um, it's interesting also in these readings, we have Second Corinthians, so we have St. Paul, and he says, the love of Christ impels us. Once we have come to the conviction that one died for all, therefore all have died. Interesting. He indeed died for all so that none who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Consequently, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even if we once knew Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him so no longer. So whoever is in Christ is a new creation. So that's interesting. Again, this whole new creation sense in that um, there's something new about our identity now, right? And then that makes a lot of sense uh, when we connect it to when Jesus says, um, why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? Another way to put that might be, do you not know who you are, a new creation? Do you not know? So I think that's fascinating. I think in our times of distress, it is very difficult for us to turn to God because it may not always be that immediately all the problems are solved, right? We can be in the present and recognize, hey, right in this moment, I'm safe. Right in this moment, I am safe. I'm turning to God. I am turning to people maybe that care about me that can help me, but in this moment, I'm okay. And, and we can feel the storms within. We can feel them calm down, okay? So we often have to remind ourselves that we're currently safe. Because if we're not currently safe, we definitely do need to do something, right? We do need to take some kind of action if, we are, if our lives are being threatened. But mostly, we are acting like our lives are threatened when they're not in that moment, right? Or it's a it feels like a relational threat. 
Like we're worried about what someone else thinks of us or we're worried about what someone else is going to do and how that might be perceived or how we might be perceived. Who knows? But those are all relational and emotional stressors. And sometimes we need to turn to God and we need to turn to knowing that we're a new creation. Okay. So, I mean, we could spend a lot of time and I could do meditation or we could do some meditations around, you know, imagining being in that storm, imagining God with the storm within and, and, and Jesus calming the storm within. I think that's helpful to do sometimes. I was thinking just because my head is full of all this philosophy that I wanted to share a couple of things just, and and I'll, I'll try to make it relate to these readings and what I said already. But one of the things that came up and uh, was that um, this idea of dualism and so this sort of body-soul dualism and uh, how we sort of separate our mind from our bodies in in a way. And we often think of it in terms of uh, I'm a body and a soul or a a person or self-consciousness inhabits that body. And what I learned today, I mean, I'd heard this before, but I liked the way it was all explained and I needed it to be reminded of it. The Catholic definition of the whole person is a rational soul, which is the form of the body. So the, the soul and the body are inseparable. The soul is the life force, if you will, that animates the body and they can't be thought of as separate things. And um, <clears throat> so, so I'm thinking about this. I'm trying to connect it a little bit to this reading because if the body is terrified, like it is in the reading, right, with this storm going on, the body is terrified, right? It means that then the soul is terrified. The soul is acting out, ter- being in terror, right? And so what would it mean instead for... Um, the soul to turn to God, right? To recognize its identity as a new creation of God, meaning and that God is ultimately in control and to turn in faith to God and therefore allowing that to then influence the body. In other words, the soul and body are in unison. And what I was realizing is part of being fallen and part of the problem is that there's a rupture between our soul and our body in a sense there's a rupture and in our fallen state so that we're kind of disconnected often and so we might know things right but not but but our body might experience something else and i think of this in terms of trauma because when we've had a trauma then our body kind of remembers that trauma, right? We might remember a time when we were threatened and our body starts to act as if we're in danger and we have no resources. Whereas the mind, if you slowed it down, might actually know that there are resources or might actually know that the trauma is not happening anymore or might actually know things. And so there's a disconnect between body and mind, body and soul, better way to put it. So anyhow, I thought that was interesting. In the discussions, um, there is this real understanding that the Catholic point of view, that the soul is the form of the body, that they're inseparable, is 
really runs against the grain of modern psychology. If you go back to the beginnings of modern psychology with, for example, the early psychodynamic uh, therapists like Freud, literally the person sat on a, on a couch and didn't see the therapist. And so the whole point was to help the client kind of get in touch with the subconscious mind and, and, and it, wasn't, it didn't have a relational component in particular with the therapist. In time and later types of psychological theories, the role of the therapist is very important. There's a relational aspect. But even in really modern, like current, there are a lot of current therapists, therapies and ones that I practice like EMDR, it's body-based. It connects the physical body, the emotions, which some might say is more on the right side of the brain, and the logical, rational part of the brain, which is sort of the sometimes called the left side of the brain. And so current therapies are connecting those together. So for example, in EMDR, you might ask the client, where do you feel that in your body? And in other uh, trauma therapies like Peter Levine's uh, body-based therapy, it's like you are realizing the body has to physically release something. So we're realizing that actually these somatic experiential body-based therapies are extraordinarily consistent with a Catholic view, with the Catholic view that the soul and the body are inseparable. It's not just that you have a soul and a body, it's more that the soul is the form of the body. So it actually, you can't have one without the other. And, and, and anything that is afflicting the soul is going to afflict the body. And that is explained, you see that with psychosomatic illnesses. And anything that afflicts the body is also going to have an effect on the soul. All right, so as you can see, yeah, this got me going. Like, uh, I, I studied Greek and medieval philosophy uh, way back in my undergraduate degree. I don't even want to say how long ago that was, but let's just say we're talking decades. <laughs> um, so, and I, I think I was too young to really absorb all of it anyway. So I would almost enjoy those old classes now way more than I could possibly have appreciated back then. But I am finding this interesting a way in which um, the field of helping people, right, is in mental health is has to take into account the philosophy, has to take into account theology, has to take physiology as well as even neuroscience. So there's this real holistic approach, just challenging for a therapist, right, because you can't be an expert in all of those things, but maybe a working knowledge of of, of them is super super helpful. Um, I also really appreciated some of the things I picked up and got from uh, Dr. Robert uh, McNamara today about embodiment, and he's uh, done a lot of work on uh, with Edith Stein and uh, Saint Edith Stein and and her phenomenological work and her understanding of empathy and how um, and I'm really interested. I love the area of empathy and it's how it's used uh, with clients in clinical practice and uh, really um, would like to learn more about how St. Edith um, <clears throat> viewed it uh, in order to bring together the Catholic wisdom with clinical practice. I just think that's powerful and so it's got me a little excited, uh, all these ideas. All right. 
So the, feel free to tell me in the comments section or wherever that, you know, if I'm boring you with too much philosophy, but I could talk for a long time on that stuff. I find that so interesting. Um, and to get into the intersection of faith, philosophy, theology, and uh, psychology. All right. Um, I thought maybe I would just, we've just got a minute or two left. Um, uh, I was away last week. I actually was, have been working on this Catholic Journeyman program. Uh, we'll be launching July 1st. I'll be sending out invitations for that. If you would like to receive an invitation, if you know a, a Catholic male who might really enjoy being part of a brotherhood, uh, a, a, sm a relatively small community of men who are working on, you know, whatever life issues. So they're all going to be a bit different. Some of the issues we're going to be tackling are, you know, having better relationships, um, dealing with any addictions or scrupulosity or um, anxieties, uh, certainly depression, any of those issues, but also bringing in some Catholic prayer and meditation and uh, really wanting to create community. <clears throat> so I'll be doing some uh, office hours there where men can just join in and we can all have a discussion, whatever is current. We'll also have monthly um, <clears throat> topics that we'll cover in web meetings and just discussions on the community, in the community space itself, which is on a private network. All right, so that's Catholic Journeyman, and you can go to soulsandhearts.com uh, to find out more. Anyhow, uh, pleasure to be with you. I pray that you're having a um, blessed uh, oh, a blessed week, and uh, I hope you took away something from these readings. Um, I say bring into your prayer time this allowing of Christ to calm the storms within us, to really slow right down and notice how safe we are and how we can allow his words, how his quiet be still. Those are his words. And he speaks to the storm, but I say he speaks to the storm within us. Right? And it's not a, a harsh command. It's a gentle but powerful uh, 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 call uh, to, to, to be still. Hey, and that is one of the words in our motto. All right, so with that, I will wrap up, and uh, maybe next week when I'm done uh, hearing, I think I'm hearing from a few more philosophers, I may have some more insights to share. Um, hopefully, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying my stay so far in Ohio. And uh, so until next time, be still, believe, and be loved. Take good care. Bye-bye.